So, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Damien Bishop, and this is the podcast of Idle Thoughts. And here we go over philosophy, uh, thoughts, and observations about reality as we know it. And I try to stay away from uh, uh, things I have either had no foundation in or I have not seen or witnessed in the world. Everything I go over is more or less as accurate as I personally can get it. And, well, today's a good example. For I do not have an end goal here today. I'm just going to go over some <clears throat> idle thoughts. Today I was writing up uh, some ideas for Dungeons & Dragons campaign and I noticed something that I was focused so hard I was chewing on my lip. Now that in the beginning doesn't seem like anything but again mulling it over I'm not entirely sure what mulling means, but it could be food for thought, right? Chew on this. These terms of phrase exist for a reason. Um, the reason why Lord of the Rings, the places and names sound and feel real is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was a linguist, right? He studied language. And so everything he did with Lord of the Rings was an excuse for him to play with language. For example, uh, Rivendale is a dale with a river, and he translated into Elvin, Elvish, and it, uh, well, there's the Elvish name for that. I, uh, not going to gain into it too much. However, those words mean something. They come from somewhere. Uh, we can't just call it uh, uh, Ferris Bueller Dale because, you know, Ferris Bueller doesn't exist in that world unless a great hero came by and he did some great moment there and they renamed the Dale after him. So thus Ferris Bueller Dale. Right? So, chewing over the thoughts, um, looking back at Paleolithic times, before we had the intricacy of our deep language, before we had uh, long-term constructed buildings where we don't have to thatch the roof every, every new season, right? We used to put weird things in our mouths to figure out not only if they taste good, not only to see if they're healthy, but many times because we didn't have a choice. Now, I have a theory that humans uh, stem from being near the sea, right? 
which means that we would eat a bunch of crayfish, crawfish, lobster, crustaceans, that sort of thing. And even if that's not true, we still put things in our mouths, and we have to work things around in there. We have to concentrate on what we are doing with our tongues, what we are doing with our teeth, because biting your tongue, I assure you, hurts, and, and it limits you know, your vocal capability, and it's just annoying. It takes days to heal, even though not only is the tongue your strongest muscle in the body, but it is the one that regenerates the fastest. So that level of concentration, focusing on what's going on in a central area so close to your face, even holding your hand close to your mouth, not on it, but close to it, there's a certain thing about it that causes your brain to focus more to be a bit more abstract and less on the physical and more on what you're puzzling, what you're pondering, what you're working over. You see this in the old statue, the thinker, right? He is a big, strong guy sitting down, elbow on his knee and his hand on his chin. If you give him a, a Cinnabon, it would look like he, he is munching on the thing. But again, our language tells us he is chewing something over in his mind. He is focused on something. Uh, a sight beyond sight, if you will. And thank you, elderly, for knowing what the Thundercats are. Regardless... Mulling things over, contemplating things, thinking things through. It's very possible that eating is the cause of this. Because as you speak with your hand to your face, you nod and gesture with your hand. So when you sit down at a meal with your other tribesmen, you're often mulling or discussing things over. Now, uh, there's another cool anthropological thing that happens where uh, you can sit there and say some really bad stuff that needs to be said and you know it will start a fight, but if you take a bite of a cookie or bread or an apple uh, as Cinema Sins goes, uh, I, I lost what the quote was. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but if you say something that will start a fight, you can take a bite of something and it will cause the other person to rise up, hit it, and then recoil because you are in the middle of eating. It's a reciprocative factor in our human development, our communication, right? It's, uh, it's interesting to ponder, to mull over, to chew on. <laughs> uh, else, I'm pretty sure every supper 
especially with the in-laws, would be the last supper. Uh, now, well, that leads me to ask the question of what supper is derived from. Sup. What does to sup mean? I'll have to uh, take a minute. Here, here, let me... So it means to take a portion of, a spoonful, a mouthful, or to drink. Makes sense, considering that dinner, supper, is a uh, communal thing, and you're taking a small portion, so everyone can eat. It's uh, localized socialism, which, uh, okay, socialism, let, let me pop that balloon. It's, uh, socialism does not work on a grand scale. It would work on a state level, but it does not work on a federal level, to briefly summarize things. But to chew on, to think over, to mull over, it's very possible that our level of intelligence overall, which is associated with fire, the blue flame of wisdom, is said to be a legend, and yet I only have heard of it once, and even then it was because I inquired of a statue at my uh, Lutheran college back in the day. Strange stuff. Honestly, there's so many hidden worlds out there, I cannot, I cannot fathom to begin to tell you. Like, did you know Martin King Luther was so upset with uh, the religion he was a part of at the time, which I think was, oddly enough, the Protestants, that he gained his renown by quitting and nailing several tenants onto a door as a declaration of exile, of removal. Uh, I might be getting the story wrong, or I might be uh, summarizing to the point of idiocy. However, I am trying to keep it simple, merely to point out that now the entire section of the religion that is the Lutherans are essentially cognitively dissonant Protestants that have different codes and customs. But they're so structurally the same as Protestants, they are indistinguishable when you remove the specific rhetoric. Right. Idle thoughts. Um. Yes. So where does um come from? As I sit here pondering over the words I speak to you. Um, it comes unbidden. It's a ten an attempt at the filling space while you hold the conversation. It is a space filler because you fear that you lack the authority to hold other people's attention. It is interesting.
um, causes you to reverberate in a specific manner, much akin to uh, the meditational OM. OM, which also changes uh, when you do mantras like uh oh geez how's that thing go om pad me om ne om or uh what what was it it's uh here krishna here krishna 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 here here i think anyway all three, the mantras, the meditational ohms, the ums, they're related somehow. And I have yet to find the correlation, the through line of what it creates. It's possible that om or um or even the reverberation that causes a sort of resonance, almost like a uh, singing bowl. Here, let's... Yeah, there it goes. To, uh... To get you to work on a specific frequency, right? It banishes all thought. And it allows you to focus on the now, the is. Where um buys you time so you can find your words, om removes time and allows you to be. It's uh, rather fascinating, actually. I personally find that, uh, mindfulness in the manner of just holding of existing and holding on to a single space so you don't go up or down. It's, uh, it removes you from the emotional journey. It, it buys you a stasis. But when you come out of it, you are once more still in that field. So it may work for some, and that's totally fine. You do you. But I find it is best to feel and settle into said emotion. And that way, well, both with time and experience with it, you will eventually break through. Sometimes you need to work with uh, sounds of a similar, similar reverberation or emotion to get you through it. And there are times where people use that sound and reverberation to stay in that emotional moment, right? You see this with people who uh, get angry and they want to stay angry. Um, it also explains why when you are sad and you go on to, say, YouTube or Spotify or something to listen to really melancholy drowning music and just go to town with tears and harumph and ugh. 
and afterwards you feel better. One, because you get it out of your system, and two, it's almost like having a uh, sympathetic friend who gets down onto your level and then you bounce off of one another and build each other back up. It seems to be one of the only ways to get out of a funk, reliably speaking. Now, do you think that we as a society, as a culture, can get together and reverberate with one another to rise ourselves up? I'm unsure about you, but we live in a victim society. You did this to me. You did this to me. And thus, you owe me. Right. I myself has experienced traumatic mistreatment on several levels by multiple people in my life for long periods of time. These things have been done to me. I can say I'm a survivor, and yet I'm moving past it. I'm moving beyond it. I have grown and shed my skin like Jesus has thrown off a cross. And I'm moving on. It's not my burden anymore. But society as it is has this idea that we need to make recom recompense for the things that have been done. But that is not an eye for an eye. We cannot go back to that system long before Jesus' visit, if he did. We must, however, accept that Things have been done. Imperialism has been a thing. We have done terrible things to the Native Americans, to people not of our own clan. But then again, I can't say anyone is innocent. Everyone's trying to vie for power. And in that regards, when everyone is competing, no one is innocent. All we can do is rebuild, recollect, and move on. I'm not saying you should forget where you come from. I'm saying you should let go of the pain and the hurt. It's hard to do. I'm still working on it. I am. But I suppose we all need to sit down at dinner and work things out. To mull things over. To give each other something to think about and chew on. And yeah, if you talk to any modern woman, right, especially if she is a feminist, she can look at the history of her own gender throughout time and get very angry because they have been mistreated. You can talk to the African Americans of North America 
and they will tell you about the things that were done to them. It's everywhere. Even in every aspect of economic life. Now, don't get me wrong, the rich people have it best in the world, but that doesn't mean people don't mistreat them. They are just better socially able to avoid it, to get around it. So where's the balance? Where do we come to the point where everyone is responsible, at least for their own stuff, for their own baggage? Because once we are responsible for ourselves, we can start sharing the burden with one another. And from there, we can make a real civilization instead of this beginnings of one. This uh, ramshackled, decaying civilization we're in. It's always been decaying, though. It's always going to have its entropy. And that goes into laws of magic and the universe. Which, I suppose, should be put down for another day. But, uh... You see it in... You're right. You're right. I shouldn't talk about such things. I'll be, just be shouted down. How do you know, Matt? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I know things, okay? I drink and I know things. Uh-huh, that's a cliche now. Oh, no. Cliches. How dare you? They must exist for a reason. <clears throat> so, food for thought. Chew it over. And, uh... Here's a quick question for you. So... When you are working something out, and you go over to someone and you say, Hey, a penny for your thoughts, right? You are asking them for help. But when you're not asking someone for help, and they come up, and they give you verbal advice over something that, you know, you really didn't need and are kind of annoyed about anyway, it's called... They are giving in their two cents. A penny for your thoughts and putting in my two cents. It's uh, funny how language means something. Terms of phrase. What do you think? I know this is a short episode, but, well... It's idle thoughts. What what do you think I have? A script? I mean, I, it's not like I'm a, a... Well, maybe I am a hack. I, I'm a terrible writer. Someday that may change. Not for a long time. Give it, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Whatever. <clears throat> Point being is... Uh, this has been Idle Thoughts with your host, Damien Bishop. And uh, why why am I... Digging into terms of phrase. Why did I bring up Jesus? Why 
is magic a thing? And what what is this thing about structures of reality? And who, how dare you know such things? Who do you think you are? And I merely can respond with, well, <laughs> I 